0: The end zone has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Locked on Pokes. I am your host, Colby Powell. Glad everyone is with us on this beautiful Oklahoma Thursday I don't know if you've been outside today, but it does not get a whole lot better than this. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma both, unfortunately, not in the state this week playing football. So we'll get to sit on our couches and watch this week. Uh, and then OU Texas next week, Oklahoma State homecoming the following weekend. So good college football in this state upcoming. Need to remind everyone right off the bat, subscribe and rate to this podcast. Wherever you are listening right now, take two seconds, click that button, subscribe and and rate. Also, head on over to Twitter, follow me at Colby J. Powell, and follow this podcast at LockedOnPokes. And if you want to tweet at me throughout the week on either of those platforms, you have any uh, questions or comments regarding Oklahoma State, football, basketball, we're about to talk a little wrestling, a little golf, all of that. Send those questions to me at Colby J. Powell at LockedOnPokes. Did I say wrestling? I I I did say wrestling, Because it was a big day for Oklahoma State wrestling, Uh, and that's where we're starting. It's Thursday. We're a couple days away from game day. It was a big day for the Cowboys. The number one recruit in the country, A.J. Ferrari, has committed to Oklahoma State. He picked the Cowboys over Penn State, Ohio State, Nebraska, and Rutgers. All Oklahoma State fans know wrestling has, has forever moved the needle at Oklahoma State. When I was a student, we went to a lot of the wrestling matches. The bigger ones, the ones that are sold out, are an absolute blast. If you're ever in Stillwater and have an opportunity to go to a big-time wrestling duel at Boone Pickens Stadium, I highly recommend it. Even if you don't know the rules of wrestling, you don't know exactly what's going on, trust me, with the atmosphere, the celebrations from the athletes, you will know What's going on, and I highly, highly recommend it. So AJ Ferrari is the number one ranked pound for pound wrestler in the 2020 recruiting class. Uh, He announced his decision last night via Instagram, Uh, and there are a lot of different places that rank these recruits. It's like football; you got two four seven sports, you got rivals, you got ESPN. Same, same basic thing with wrestling. So Flow Wrestling, InterMat, and pretty much every other wrestling ranking uh, outlet ranked A.J. Ferrari as the number one overall recruit in the country. He's from Allen, Texas, and the big thing for him was his relationship with John Smith. John Smith. He's had a close relationship with John Smith over the years, uh, and he credits John Smith at a, as a person that he idolizes. Here's the actual quote from A.J. Ferrari. Uh, this was an, inter- an interview with True Wrestling earlier this year. So this was before he even committed to Oklahoma State. Uh, This is a quote from AJ Ferrari. He said, John Smith, I watch a ton of John Smith. I've always watched and idolized him from a young age. He's someone who I really look up to and really want to accomplish the same things as him. Not only what he does on the mat, but also what he does off the mat. He's huge with his family, very tight, huge Italian family, just like me. And I kind of look up to that and I kind of want to aspire to be like that, not only in wrestling, but outside of wrestling. So uh, good stuff there. Sounds like his relationship with John Smith did end up being the determining factor for him making his way to Stillwater. Uh, Oklahoma State has just an absolutely loaded class this year in wrestling. The, the 2020 class now includes the number one recruit in the country, AJ Ferrari, the number three recruit in the country, Dustin Plott, and then 11, 22, 27, and 30 ranked recruits in the country. Trevor, bear with me here, Mastro Giovanni, Jackson Burks, Luke Cerber, and Connor Doucette all committed to Oklahoma State. So a loaded class. I know Cowboy fans are dying to see the Pokes knock Penn State off of their pedestal. That pedestal has for a long time and should once again belong to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Hopefully, A.J. Ferrari and this loaded recruiting class will be able to get the Cowboys another trophy. Uh, I know Pokes fans would greatly look forward to that. I'm Colby Powell. This is Locked on Pokes. Glad we could talk about a little wrestling right there off the bat before we get back to, uh, to football. Obviously, it is football season, and football is king. And this past week, Oklahoma State and Kansas State had the misfortune of being not televised, streamed on ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus is ESPN's new streaming service. Uh, You know they have a lot of stuff on there—the the the Kobe Bryant videos, the Peyton Manning videos, a lot of insider stuff on ESPN Plus. I think it's five or six bucks a month, so it's not like it's crazy expensive. But the Oklahoma State Kansas State game on Saturday night had problems. The The game went out, the stream went out late in the second quarter. Viewers were unable to see Kansas State's first points of the game. Uh, also, it seemed as though, or I, I was at the game, it was reported as though the announcers were not the quality that you would come to expect from an ESPN broadcast. The camera angles are not what you would expect from an ESPN broadcast. It, it just, you know, the game being streamed on ESPN Plus did not have the same broadcast quality As a televised game, ESPN has now issued an apology for the problems Saturday night with Oklahoma State. And Kansas State, here's what ESPN had to say in its statement. They said, During Saturday's Kansas State at Oklahoma State game, our production encountered issues that affected the viewing experience of our fans during brief portions of the game. We apologize for the problems. The issues were off-site routing and transmission issues, as well as lightning in the Stillwater area, and were not related to our Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus platform. We are working to ensure these isolated issues do not happen again. Well, look, the apology is great. Doesn't do much for the people who already got burned on Saturday night uh, with the low-quality broadcast. Hopefully it doesn't happen again. If lightning was a problem that prevented them from being able to get the stream out late in the first half, I I don't know what they're going to do to fix that. Are they just hoping that they never stumble upon another football game that has a lightning delay? Because uh, that's not a very good strategy. I hope that they've got a little more in line than that. And the big question is what can they do to get this right going forward because look Oklahoma State's probably played its last game this season on ESPN Plus. They've already been on it twice. They're establishing themselves as one of the better teams in the conference. Seems unlikely that they get stuck on ESPN Plus again. But there will be a ton of Big 12 basketball games on the ESPN Plus platform. I know Kansas State has already said that they're supposed to be on ESPN Plus 13 times. Kansas KU Kansas basketball is supposed to be on ESPN Plus eight times. So, you know, ESPN Plus, they're not going to be able to cut corners. Uh, You know, a Big 12 source said that ESPN didn't seem to have nearly as much personnel at Boone Pickett Stadium on Saturday night as they would for a typical televised game. So if ESPN was cutting corners on Saturday night, that's not something that they're going to be able to do going forward if they expect this platform to be a success and once we get into basketball season and multiple fan bases all around the conference are having to watch game after game after game of their team on ESPN plus this is going to become a problem if they can't get it right so hopefully they do go ahead and get that fixed I'm Colby Powell this is the Locked On Pokes podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day head over to Twitter follow me at Colby J Powell follow this podcast at Locked On Pokes and make sure wherever you are listening right now, take the time, hit that subscribe button, hit that rate button, rate the podcast, let me know how I'm doing. I would certainly appreciate it. Uh, Before we get to break, on the other side, I want to let everybody know uh, I saw some good stuff today, some really good stuff as we get ready for OSU and Texas Tech this weekend. We're going to talk a little Matt Amendola, uh, how much better he's gotten as a kicker. It's, It's something Oklahoma State doesn't really have to worry about. 247 Sports also did an interesting write-up on every Big 12 team's best-case scenario this season. So we'll talk about that in the next segment as well. I want to tell everybody about Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Head on over to Vivid Seats to get all of your ticket tickets needs we're gonna take a break come back on the other side we'll keep it rolling here on locked on pokes on the locked on podcast network your team every day all right it's time to tell everybody about my bookie i don't know about you guys but for me a game is 10 times more exciting when i'm putting my money on it sometimes i have a gut feeling about a matchup and sometimes i'm just betting on my team because they're my team regardless whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time my bookie is your best bet this season If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Between football season, the MLB playoffs, and the start of the NBA and NHL seasons, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code all caps on college to activate the offer. That's promo code on college to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. back to Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad everyone is with us on this beautiful Oklahoma Thursday. Follow us on Twitter at Colby J. Powell and the podcast at Locked on Pokes. And make sure you subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you may be listening. All right, Oklahoma State is headed down to Lubbock to square off against Texas Tech this weekend, a Texas Tech team that is certainly down. No Allen Bowman, obviously, that's huge. We remember what he did last year to Oklahoma State in Stillwater, 35-46, nearly 400 yards, a couple touchdowns in that 41-17 to 17 route over the Cowboys in Stillwater a year ago. He's not going to be out there. It's going to be Jet Duffy. But I want to talk about Matt Amendola. Matt Amendola has become an absolute rock for Oklahoma State in the kicking game, it, it's something that, as a as a fan, uh, you know, as a media member, we all I feel like we just take it for granted when you can run a kicker out there. And you don't even have to question whether the kick's going in. Every single time. Guy's just absolutely automatic. He's currently on a streak of 13 straight field goals that dates back to the middle of November last year. Uh, It's actually not his career high. He made 18 in a row at one point from his sophomore to his junior season. He made 18 in a row. Now he's on a streak of 13 straight. That being said, Lubbock, not Matt Amendola's best friend. Matt Amendola's probably the worst night of his kicking career, came in 2017. And, and now that I'm bringing this up, it might jog some of your memories. Matt Amendola missed twice from inside 25 yards. Inside 25 yards. That means Oklahoma State was at at least the eight-yard line kicking field goals from inside the 10. Don't get me started on uh, Oklahoma State kicking field goals from inside the 10-yard line instead of punching it in. But Matt Amendola missed two of them, hit them off the right upright, a game that was tied uh, until Mason Rudolph had a touchdown run late in that game to, to seal Oklahoma State's win over the Red Raiders. Since then, he, he's done a lot better. He actually, early in his career, a lot of you will remember, he was able to hit the long field goals, and he struggled on, on the short-range ones. And I know this probably won't resonate with everyone, but I'm a golfer. And for me, when I stand over a five-foot putt, I feel like I shouldn't make it every single time. And sometimes the need and and the feeling like I have to make every single one will cause me to make a bad stroke because, you know, I, I get tense. I feel like, okay, I have to make this one. Whereas if I'm 12 feet away, I just make my normal stroke and I just try to hit a good putt. And if it goes in, it goes in. And I think maybe the same could be said for Matt Amendola earlier in his career, those 23 yarders, he, he, he was tense thinking, okay, I absolutely have to make this kick. Can't miss it. This is a gimme, has to go in. And then he gets tense, doesn't hit it just right. But if he was 48 yards away, he's like, well, it's a 48-yarder. I'm just going to go out, put a good leg on it, see if I can get it through the uprights. And I think that he's gotten himself in a much better place mentally since that time. Interestingly enough, um, the Oklahoman did a great write-up about Matt Amadola and it talked about him – Interacting with former Eagles kicker, David Akers. A lot of you remember David Akers. He was a lefty for the Eagles. He was a great kicker, made a 63-yarder once. Uh, and Matt Amendola grew up around Philly. And apparently he's had some back and forth with David Akers. Amendola said that he had a few phone calls with him whenever he was back home and that he sent him some of his film work and that David Akers has really helped him. Um, So, you know, that's great. Whatever even Mike Gundy says, look, kickers, if they're doing well, you leave them alone. You just, uh, this is actually what Gundy said, his quote from Monday. He said, I have no clue what they do mentally, physically. They have to perfect their own art and that's what they do. Those guys are dedicated, they do good, you just leave them alone. And to an extent, he's right. Do any of us know what goes on in the head of a kicker? Not really. You just kind of got to let those guys be, and uh, I think that's what Mike Gundy's done, and it's worked out well for Matt Amendola. He's having a good season, and I hope he can keep it rolling, and hopefully exercise some of those demons in Lubbock on Saturday night. That being said, I wouldn't mind seeing him kick a few more extra points than I would 25-yard field goals. I'm Colby Powell. This is Locked on Pokes. Uh, I mentioned before the break, 247 Sports did an interesting write-up. It was best case scenario for every team in the Big 12. That's what this is. So they're going through all 10 teams and saying, okay, if everything falls into place just right, this is what this team's going to finish at. And and I want to take a look at all of these and we'll get to Oklahoma State as well. Uh, they said that Kansas' is best case scenario, four and eight. Yeah, that's fine. We... We don't care that much about Kansas. They've got two wins already. I don't know where the other ones are going to come from. They beat Boston College, another bad team in the non-con. I I don't know who they're going to beat. They already lost to West Virginia. They're not beating either of the Oklahoma schools. I guess maybe Kansas State, if it all went right. Maybe Texas Tech, they could get a win there. But don't hold your breath on Kansas getting to four. That is absolutely best-case scenario. West Virginia, they say six and six is best-case scenario. For West Virginia, team that's three and one right now. So that would have them going. Uh, what does what that give them? Eight more conference games. That would have them going three and five the rest of the way in conference. Probably feels about right. They could beat Texas Tech. They could beat. You know, maybe TCU or Baylor. And, you know, maybe they sneak up and they get somebody at home. Morgantown uh, has a reputation as a tough place to play. I don't know how much I buy that reputation. I think it depends on how good your football team is. They still, since they've come into this conference, have never beaten Oklahoma. And I don't want to act like that's the be all end all because, look, most teams in this conference are not beating Oklahoma, but they just haven't been able to get it done. So. Six and six is best case scenario. This is a West Virginia team that I could very realistically see uh, only winning one or two games the rest of this season. They've got Texas Tech's best case scenario at six and six. For a team that's two and two right now, that would require them to go four and four the rest of the way. And I'll go ahead and say it. I think they're off on this one. I don't think Texas Tech's best case scenario is six and six. I think even if everything falls perfectly into place, they could get to five. I don't see how they get higher than five. At two and two, that would mean beating Kansas, West Virginia, and one of either K-State, Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU, Texas, or Oklahoma. I don't think they're winning any of those games unless something wild happens. Maybe they get one. So best case scenario, I think, would be about five and seven. Here's an interesting one. A team that had a ton of expectations prior to the season. we have got Iowa State's best case scenario at eight and four. A two and two team right now. That would mean going six and two the rest of the way. I suppose that is possible. But the rest of the way, Iowa State has Oklahoma and Texas and Baylor and TCU. Pardon me, not Baylor. They just lost to Baylor. Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, TCU. Uh, who else do they have? Kansas State, uh, West Virginia. We just said probably not very good. They can probably win that game. Uh, they'll probably win a lot more games on their schedule. But eight and four means that they would lose to only two of the four of Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. And I think they will certainly lose to Oklahoma and Texas, and then maybe they split – with Oklahoma State and Baylor, that would have them at 7-5, and five, which would be a drastically underachieving and disappointing season for uh, for the Iowa State Cyclones. Why don't we take a break? We'll come back on the other side, uh, break down the rest of the Big 12, what they had to say, how I feel about it. Oklahoma State is in that as well. I also want to talk just a little bit of Victor Hovland on the other side for all my fellow golf fans out there. So stick with us. We'll be back. This is Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Colby Powell, wrapping things up here on the Locked On Pokes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad everyone is with us on this Thursday as we talk some Oklahoma State football, getting ready for Texas Tech this weekend. I'm taking you through 247 Sports did a a write-up. They said best case scenarios for every Big 12 team. So we're talking best case scenario, not what are you predicting, not what you think is going to happen, not most likely to happen best case scenario if everything goes right uh we did a few before the break let's pick it up with tcu tcu they've got best case scenario is nine and three for tcu and i talked about this a little bit yesterday this is a team for me that there are a ton of question marks right now i just don't think that uh that we know a lot about tcu they lost smu a couple weeks ago smu looking like a pretty good group of five team but you still lost smu not great the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth battle was not good to the TCU Horn Frogs, but it kind of seemed like they found something against Kansas last week, and look, who am I to tell you that you should judge a team based on what they do against Kansas? That, that would be silly, right? It's Kansas. That being said, what else do we have to go on with TCU? I, I just don't know. Uh, you know, Alex Delton and Max Dugan, both playing quarterback a little bit. I, I think there are a lot of question marks with TCU. So for that reason, I don't think I can agree or disagree. I think there's just too many unknowns with TCU. Uh, they still have all the best teams in the Big 12 on their schedule. Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Kansas State, you know, all these teams still on their schedule. They've got 9-3 and as Kansas State's best-case scenario. Possible? Absolutely possible. Uh, they've already played one of the three or four best teams in the conference in Oklahoma State, so that's already uh, a loss that's out of the way. So now, to go 9-3, and three, they would have to beat everyone other than Oklahoma and Texas. If they were to lose Oklahoma and Texas, they'd have to win every conference game the rest of the way. That would mean beating Baylor, beating TCU, beating Iowa State. That would mean beating all these handfuls of teams. I think nine and three is a little uh, a little advantageous for a best case scenario. Best case scenario, even if it all goes right, probably eight and four for Kansas State. If we're talking realistically, we're probably getting down to seven and five or six and six. But I think best case scenario would be eight and four for the Wildcats. They've got Baylor's best case scenario at ten and two. So again, they've already beaten Iowa State. So at ten and two for. Uh, for Baylor, they're basically figuring they're going to lose Oklahoma and Texas and potentially beat everyone else. They do have, in November, a back-to-back with Oklahoma and Texas. They've got games in October at Kansas State and at Oklahoma, at Kansas State this weekend and then at Oklahoma State. That's in two weeks. That's for homecoming. I I don't like their chances in that game. I, I think that uh, that Oklahoma State will win that game. By the way, Oklahoma State fans, it would be in your best interest – for Baylor to come into that game undefeated. I mean, if you get to the third weekend in October and you can face a 6-0 Baylor team, that would look pretty good if you could knock them off in that point. So uh, root for Baylor these next couple weekends at Kansas State this weekend. Uh, Kansas State's actually a one-and-a-half point favorite in that game. Let's do OU in Texas, and then we'll circle back to, uh, to Oklahoma State. Don't even need to tell you what OU's best-case scenario is. Everybody knows OU's best-case scenario. It's 12-0. and They're a juggernaut. Good luck trying to dethrone Oklahoma uh, with everything Lincoln Riley has going on down there. Texas, they've got the Longhorns' best-case scenario at 11-1. and one. That makes quite a bit of sense, you know. That would mean that uh, they've already obviously beaten Oklahoma State, so they would have to beat Iowa State, they would have to beat Baylor, they would have to beat Oklahoma. It's possible. I still don't think Texas is the best team in the Big 12, but Texas could be the best team in the Big 12, and Oklahoma State's already played them and played them pretty tough, which now brings us to the best case scenario for your Oklahoma State Cowboys. Drum roll, please. 247 sports has Oklahoma State's best case scenario as 11 and 1. The same as Texas's best case scenario. Those two teams have already played each other. Uh, Texas has the loss obviously to LSU and then Oklahoma State has the 36 to 30 disappointing loss to Texas a couple of weeks ago in Austin, uh, and this is what they, what they said. Their little write-up here that they did for OSU, they said the case for Oklahoma State is simple. Is there a scenario where Texas is the Big 12's best team? Yes. Is it a huge stretch to suggest that Oklahoma State could defeat Oklahoma in Stillwater in the season's final game? No, it isn't. Uh, so, you know, Oklahoma State, not likely to go 11-1, and but it's possible. They've already played Texas, and look, I know that we're all getting tired of not being able to win Bedlam. I understand that. This is an Oklahoma State team that is consistently competitive in that game. Uh, Even last year, Corndog threw for five-plus on Oklahoma, had a chance to win the football game. A couple years ago, Mason Rudolph had a chance to win the football game, couldn't make the one play at the end. A couple years before that, in Norman, had a chance to win the football game. Mike Gundy ices his team, takes a knee at midfield with 40 seconds left going into halftime instead of trying to put more points on the board. Oklahoma State has been close time and time again in this game. It's just about finishing. Now, that would also mean Oklahoma State would have to win in Ames. They'd have to beat Baylor, TCU, uh, you know, a few other games on the schedule that are going to be tough. But you're telling me now that best-case scenario for this team is 11-1. and What would you have said before the season if I would have told you best-case scenario for this team was 11-1? and Probably would have thought I was crazy, right? This is a team whose Vegas over under the win total was seven and a half games. So I think, obviously, the emergence of Chuba Hubbard as one of the best players in the entire country, according to the Kirk Street audio we heard yesterday on this same podcast. He said that so far he's been the best player in the country and the fact that Spencer Sanders is obviously incredibly talented. His passing game, I think, is what could get Oklahoma State to its peak. We know that Chuba's going to be there. If Spencer can get more consistent spreading the ball around and, and Oklahoma State having an elite passing game, that is what could get the Cowboys uh, to that 11-1 and or, or 10-2 and double-digit win total mark. Uh, all right, this is Locked on Pokes. Before we get out of here, I've got to uh, show a little love for the Oklahoma State golf fans like myself. I know that once spring rolls around, there probably will not be anywhere where you will find more college golf coverage than right here on Locked on Pokes. I am an absolute golf enthusiast. And we need to talk a little Victor Hovland because Victor Hovland has been an absolute monster uh, to this point in his very young PGA Tour career. He went on a streak of 17 consecutive rounds in the 60s. That tied Bob Estes for most in a row since 1983. That was phenomenal. He's ranked 93rd in the world right now. He's not playing this week. Uh, he's not playing in the Shriners Open. He's also not on the Euro Tour. But what's really interesting is the Ryder Cup coming up next year. And when he was over at the BMW Championship, uh, the BMW PGA Championship on the European Tour a couple weeks ago, he was paired in on Thursday with Padraig Harrington, who is the captain of next year's European Ryder Cup team. Uh, And Padraig Harrington said, what I learned today was what a great attitude he has, how relaxed he is, and the fact he plays such fearless golf. It's only to be admired. I guess he plays like a 22-year-old. He's confident and strong mentally. And uh, he says that he didn't exceed his expectations, but... Not to take that the wrong way, because the expectations were very high. Uh, look, the Ryder Cup for golf fans—it's an awesome time of year. It's uh, an emotional tournament. It would great. It would be great to see, even if he were on the other side, Victor Hovland uh, play in the Ryder Cup. And down the line, what I would really love to see is Victor Hovland and Matt Wolf squaring off in singles with the Ryder Cup on the line. I don't know how much better it could get for Oklahoma State golf fans. Glad everybody was with me today. Tomorrow is Friday. That means we're going to be taking a deep dive looking at Oklahoma State and Texas Tech, looking at the numbers, trying to predict uh, you know, some buy or sell type stuff for Spencer Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, Tylan Wallace, this Oklahoma State defense. Can they get on track with the sacks? I'll also give you my score prediction tomorrow for Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. Appreciate everyone listening once again. Make sure you go to Twitter right now at Colby J. Powell at locked on pokes make sure you follow tweet me any questions or comments you have about oklahoma state throughout the week also right now wherever you're listening to this podcast podcast click that subscribe button click that rate button let me know how it's going i appreciate all of the feedback glad everyone was with us on this beautiful thursday this has been another edition of locked on pokes part of the locked on podcast network your team every day